Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to the stage, Pastor Liz Vasquez. Thank you, boyfriend. You guys can take a seat. Thank you for that. I don't get the mic that often, so I just want to take a quick moment and opportunity to give honor where honor is due, and that's to Pastor JJ. I need you guys to know, yeah, you can give it up for him. And it was his birthday, y'all. If y'all wondering, he turned 36. Um, You look fly, baby. So I just want to say, I know you guys see him on the pulpit, on the stage, sometimes in the lobby, um, but I know the behind the scenes and I see him behind the scenes. And I just want to say that he is a man of integrity. Um, he, he does what he says he does. He's serious about ministry. Um, like what he talked about last week when he was talking about prayer and pressing in, that's what he does. Like, y'all, he's so serious. Sometimes I'll be like, can we go to Disney when they open up? Like on our family day, sometimes we go to Disney. Can we go early? He's like, no, because I got to get my prayer time in. And so he's that serious about it. And so this is just a little tip for you ladies that are looking for a man. Listen, you need to ask them, what is your devotional life like? Okay. Are you getting that in in the morning? If not, if you're not talking to Jesus, I can't talk to you, okay? Like, (laughs) is that serious? So, yeah, I love you, baby. Um, I also want to say, have you ever um, met someone that's, like, really good at, like, everything, right? Yeah, well, that's him, okay? And you see me like this because, like, it's good sometimes, which, by the way, this all has to do with my message. I'm not just continually bigging up my husband, though. I'm taking the opportunities because, you know, you know, you never know, right? But... That's him, right? Like, so there's good things about it, right? Like, he just got into baking because of this British baking show, which, by the have you guys ever watched that show? Yes, we watch it at night. I could take a little bit longer, right? Because this is 12 o'clock. <laughs> Sorry. You guys come to the 12 o'clock, you got to know. It's a little longer winded here, and that's just, just it is what it is, right? But hey, you slept in, so you got the energy, right? And you had some coffee. Anyways, British baking show. So, we watch it at night before we go to bed because it's like all calming and relaxing. But anyways, he got into baking because of it. Y'all, he makes the best dark chocolate brownies, y'all. Like, I beg him. I'm on a diet, though, so I'd be eating like a little corner of it, like a little square, whatever. So it's great for instances like that. It's not good when you're competing with him, right? Like, my kids, they don't like playing board games at our house anymore. Like, my youngest, Zane, he doesn't want to play. He's like, dad's gonna win. And now it's being passed down to my oldest, Justice. Like, he wins at everything, right? And it's like, so we don't want to play with them because they win at everything like we just went ice skating on Friday for his birthday and like so the kids and I are like holding on to the rails on the side and he's like spinning in the middle of the ice skating ring he's so mean too because I'm like can you hold my hand he's like you just you can figure it out right I'm like oh god thanks anyways but he's he's loving he's loving he treats me like a princess I wrote that on my Instagram post and I meant it okay but anyway so yeah, so like, that's, you know, that's the way that he is. But there's one thing that I beat him at, for the most part. And that is 
actually, so it happened, we figured this out on our first date, which by the way, sorry, I'm like telling a lot of stories. By the way, on our first date, like y'all, he, he took me on these elaborate dates, right? Like our first three dates, I think it was, you, you took me to Bush Gardens, right? These fancy restaurants and stuff like that. But then, okay, but then, after like the first three dates, I fell in love with him, right? He was wooing me. He's like, listen, we're going to be in ministry. If you marry me, we're going to be in ministry. And that means we're going to be broke, okay? And I'm like, that's like bait and switch, okay? That's illegal. Like, you can't, how are you going to just take me on all these expensive dates and then be like, we're going to be broke though? Like, you made me think you have money, okay? And now I'm in love with you, so I'm stuck. So whatever. Anyway, so our first date, we go, and he took me. One of the places we went to was an arcade. I won the shooting game. And so I thought it was just like a fluke at the time. But like after that, I realized that I win at all the shooting games against him. Like we would go to the driving range, and I would win. And like at home playing video games. So like he didn't want to play shooting game video games with me anymore because he's that kind of person that's like he's got to win at everything, right? So like so we stopped playing those. But there was this one game though when we went to Disney we went to Hollywood Studios if you're watching online it's this ride okay if you've never heard of this before in Hollywood Studios called Toy Story Mania or something like that yeah they're like yeah I like that ride well it's a shooting game ride okay so you get in it and you have to shoot these chickens okay obviously they're not real chickens they're computerized chickens we're not killing chickens y'all so you're shooting chickens and but when you're playing the whole time you can see the scoreboard of like the other person next to you and so again I was beating him well the third time we get on this ride he beat me y'all and I was so sad because I'm like now you're like legit better than me at everything like I don't even have that and so then I asked him I'm like so what is it that you did different this time that like now you beat me he's like well you see this is what happened he goes while I was playing I kept look because I know you're good at this I kept looking at your score the whole time I'm looking at your score and comparing your score to my score. And because I was doing that, then I wasn't shooting the chickens. But when I stopped looking at your score and I just focused on what I was supposed to be doing, then I won the game. You see, the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of us do that with our lives, right? We look to our left and to our right, and we look at everybody else's score, and we see how they're doing. And if they're doing better than us, then we feel less than. And then what ends up happening is we miss out on all the things that God has for us because we're too busy comparing. So if you haven't already figured out, I'm preaching on comparison. And the reason why I'm preaching on this, every time I speak, I always tell my husband, don't give me a sermon series, okay? I just need to preach what God has shared with me. Y'all, so I'm just talking from my heart and the things that God has shown me. But right, do you ever feel that way? Like whenever you get on social media or you look and you see other people around you, it always seems like someone's doing better than you and it makes you feel less than, right? You feel like no matter what you do, it's not enough. You don't have enough or you're not enough, right? Like, especially on social media, like I said, you get on social media and you see people who are like, like recently I saw this picture of someone who was like on the coast of Capri somewhere, right? And it's like, you see the coastline and they're sitting on the beach lounge chair and they take a picture of their feet reading a book, right? Which, by the way, y'all, like, I cannot stand when I see people taking pictures of their feet, right? It's like, stop taking pictures of your feet, right? We don't care about your feet, all right? Like, I feel like they do that on purpose because, like, they could have gotten that picture off of, like, 
like the internet, right? But they want to prove that I was there. Like, look, it's this picture, but there's my feet in it too, right? Like, I was really there and I'm reading a book. I don't care that you're reading a book, right? Like, so this is just me venting, right? So, and then, or like you go over your friend's house. Like I recently went over to a friend's house and she's showing me her home. And I'm like, wow, she had like the Joanna Gaines type like, what is it called? Fixer upper. She had like the ship, ship lap. I gotta be careful how I say that. Ship lap. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. It's like this wood that they put on the walls, right? So I went to her house. I'm like, man, this is so nice. And then I come home, I'm like, I look at my walls. I'm like, babe, can you fix that hole that's in the wall? Like, <laughs> Because that's what we do, right? Or like you see someone who bought a car. Like, by the way, when I see people buying cars now, I'm like, how can you even afford that, right? Like, cars are so expensive now. And I'm over here with my car that has tricks, right? Like, it's a trick to even turn it on. But that's what we do. We compare. And then what ends up happening is we feel lessened. And maybe if you're not laughing because this is not you and you have it all together, fine. Well, there's another side of comparison, right? Where you feel like you're better than other people. Like, maybe this is you. You could say something like, at least we don't eat fast food, right? Like Chick-fil-A in a pinch, right? But never McDonald's. Like I would never take my kids to McDonald's, right? Or you're like, hey, at least my son has a career. His son is flipping burgers, right? Or at least we're going to therapy. They're getting a divorce. Well, at least I came to the early service. They came to the 12 o'clock service because they were at the club last night, right? Like, <laughs> I know some of y'all out there, okay? You got some of that extra coffee. Anyways, if you can relate, then you know that you struggle with comparison. And we all compare, right? Like, we all do it. The, the younger kids compared to older, right? Like, my son, he is nine years old now, and he has this thing with coffee, right? And he wants to turn 13 years old just so that he can have coffee, because we told him, like, that stunts your growth. I don't even know, honestly, if that's true or not. I tell him that because, y'all, Starbucks coffee is expensive, right? I'm like, I'm not sharing this with him. It's censor growth, baby. You can't. So like, he's like, he's like, you know what he tells us? As soon as I turn 13, I'm watching all the PG-13 movies and I'm going to Starbucks. Like that, <laughs> that's what he says going to do. But then, or we compare if we're older with the younger. Like I turned 40, I swear like I look so young, but then I'd be taking pictures with some of the girls here and I like compare and I'm like, oh man, I saw those wrinkles. They don't have those wrinkles and I do, right? Like we all do this. And we, why do we do this? Because we learn it from an early age. I remember the first time that I came home with my science experiment, right? Like, listen, I don't have daddy issues. My dad is a great dad. Okay, this is just a story. Yes, I, I don't. I promise. I have a great relationship with my father. I wish he was here. He's not here. Okay, so I'm, I'm not upset about that either, okay? <laughs> He's taking care of my mom. Anyway, so... I came home with a science experiment and I had an A on it, y'all. And the first thing my, and I showed him, the first thing he asked me was, how did the other kids do in the class? Wow, all oh, right? Like, and he meant well, but that's when I knew that everything that I did, you don't, we don't know how good it is unless we know how it measures up to the people around us, right? Like even at our jobs, you literally get paid more for being better, right? And even Jesus compared people. And in the Bible, we, we see this. 
When he compares the parable, it's called the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, tongue twister. And we see how he compares these two people. And I want to show you with this Bible verse how it can be a problem. And it's found in Luke 18, 9 through 14. It says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness. Again, he's comparing someone who is prideful and someone who is humble. It says, and look down on everyone else. Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. And this is what the Pharisee says. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you. Basically, when I compare myself to that other person, I'm not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you, this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. See, there's two ways in comparison could be a problem or two situations. The first one is when we think we are either better or worse than the person we're comparing ourselves to. And I wrote it this way, comparison can make you feel superior or inferior and neither one honors God. When you feel better or worse than the person you're comparing yourself to, you're dishonoring God and you're dishonoring yourself, yeah. And I read this quote that says, the trick is to think highly of yourself without thinking that you're higher than everyone else. And this reminds me, again, with our first date, I remember the restaurant he took me to. Like I said, he was, he was, he was trying, right? Like it was this expensive restaurant that used to be a bank, right? And like he even, y'all, he even got like the table next to the vault, like the old vault, like where the vault was. Um, but the reason why it's significant is because he remembers what I ordered, okay? I ordered the eggplant Parmesan, okay? And the reason why that's significant is because the menu had filet mignon, right? Eggplant Parmesan, and it had salad, okay? but I ordered right in the middle. See, and that was very significant to him because he said, I liked, this is how I knew you were the one for me. I like that you didn't order the filet mignon because then that means you're too bougie for me, right? And, I, and then you didn't order the salad. So that tells me that you know your worth. You're like right there in between, right? <laughs> like you're not filet mignon, but you're not salad. And so all that to say, be eggplant parmesan, okay? <laughs> don't think too highly of yourself, but then don't think too low of yourself too. And the second way that comparison can be bad in our lives is when we allow it to steal our joy. When we allow it to steal our joy. Theodore Roosevelt once said, comparison is a thief of joy. Comparison is a thief of joy. And that's why we're talking about it here. And when you think about it, just think about it. Like, Moms, for example, when your kids learn their ABCs and you're so excited, you're like, oh my God, oh, this is so awesome. He learned his ABCs. And then you go over your friend's house, right? That has a kid, your child, same age, okay? I see some moms smiling already. Your child, same age, and they're reading books. And you're like, I have to drag my kid to the library, right? They're not, they're not quiet and they don't like books. 
And all of a sudden you get upset, right? It steals your joy. Why? Because all of a sudden that child that you thought was so special isn't special in comparison with someone else's, right? Or for you wives, let's say your husband comes home with flowers for your anniversary and you're so happy. Thank you, baby, for my, my favorite flower is sunflowers, by the way, if anyone wants to buy me flowers. Thank you, baby for my sunflowers and you're so grateful but then you find out that your friend's husband planned a trip to Paris for their anniversary and all of a sudden your sunflowers look like trash in comparison to the trip that your friend's husband plans and it stole your joy I wrote it this way the fastest way to kill something special is to compare it to something else compare it to something else yeah and why do we feel that way? Because someone will always have something better than us, right? I call it er, right? Maybe someone is skinnier than you, or that's not your thing, thick, thicker, or they're richer, or they're smarter. Whatever that er is, they're happier. They have more er than you. And if you allow it to, it could steal your joy. So we know it's bad because it dishonors God when we feel like we're better or less than other people. And we know that it's bad because it steals our joy. So how do we fix the problem? How do we fix that problem today? And after all that being said, after me going on and on for about 10 minutes on how comparison is so bad, I want to introduce to you the title of today's talk. And now if you're here and you're like, oh my gosh, now she's getting to the title. Listen, there's one more thing that I do better than Pastor JJ, and it's that I preach faster than him, okay? So don't worry, you'll get out of here on time to have lunch with your family. I promise you that, I preach faster than him. And so the title of today's talk is it's time to start comparing. It's time to start comparing. And if you're here and you're like, I don't understand, Pastor Liz, you just took all that time telling us how terrible comparison is. Well, it's just like this, okay? And I promise you, uh, that's why my husband said he heard this sermon, because I was like, babe, I wanna make sure this is Bible. I'm not preaching heresy, because this is really what I feel like God has helped me with and what he's placed on my heart. And I've never read this before, but I'm telling you, this is in the Bible. It's time to start comparing. So the reason why I say, that comparison is what we need, right? To get over comparison, it's just like this. You know when you get bit by a snake, right? What do they use to help someone who got bit by a snake? Anti-venom. And it still has a little bit of the venom in it, right? Well, that's how it is with comparison. You need just enough to help heal you. And I'm gonna show you how to do that today. And the first point is, it's time to stop comparing their achievements to our failures and it's time to start comparing their achievements to our potential, to our potential, yes. I know that's a really long point, so I shortened it. Don't hate, appreciate, okay? And listen, your pastor, I have a little bit of hood in me, okay? Every time Pastor JJ starts preaching about purity, he's coming after my workout playlist, okay? I know I've been listening to hip hop, I'm not even gonna show you what, okay, but listen. It's hard picking up those heavy weights, right? Like it's either hard rock or like hip hop, like to, to lift them heavy weights at the gym. Anyways, don't hate, appreciate. First Thessalonians 5.12. This is how I read the Bible, okay? I like translate it in my own terms. Brothers, we ask you that you show your appreciation 
for those who work among you. Set an example for you in the Lord and instruct you. Hold them in the highest regard, loving them because of their work. Don't hate, appreciate. When you see others doing well, rather than hating, appreciate the hard work that they've put into themselves and what they're doing. And let that inspire you instead of hating on them to be a better person, right? I remember the first time I walked into the gym with Pastor JJ, I used to do Beachbody, shout out to Beachbody. I used to do Beachbody at home. My kids were small and I'm like, I couldn't go to the gym, but then they gave him a free buddy pass. I'm all about free stuff, by the way. And I'm like, let's go. So I went with him. I'm like, the kids will be fine. The gym is only like two minutes away. And so I went with him, but I remember walking in there and feeling like so less than, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but like, I know that's why a lot of people don't even go to the gym because they walk in there like, everybody looks like they know what they're doing and I don't, right? Or you look at yourself and you look at the other people and you like, they look good and I'm, I need some work, right? Well, th there was this one woman in particular who I saw, she was ripped, y'all, like super ripped. And every time I went to the gym, I felt less than every time I saw her. And so the crazy thing was like a week later after going to the gym for the first time, we went to Universal Studios and I saw, y'all, I saw her picture on a billboard. I'm like, that's the girl from the gym. Then it turns out that she was, she's an actual professional wrestler, y'all. Like, she is so ripped. Her stage name is Rhea Ripley, okay? Like, you can look it up. And I remember every time I saw her at the gym, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I felt like less than. But then God spoke to me. And yes, God speaks to me at the gym, okay? God spoke to me and told me, why, instead of you looking down on yourself, why don't you look at her? Like, it says, appreciate them for their hard work and appreciate what she's doing. And instead of looking down on yourself, why don't you look at her and say, you know what? You're inspiring me, right? To be a better person. Now listen, I know I'm never gonna become a professional wrestler, that's fine. But what she does inspires me. So now when I walk in the gym and I see her on the treadmill, I'm like, you go ahead, girl. Like, you go with your rip self. And like, that's what we did. I remember when we first started the church, we would compare our church to other churches and we saw all the things, the great things that they were doing and we felt less than. But then God spoke to us and he's like, why don't you let that inspire you? So now we look at other churches and we're like, you can reach that many people for Jesus, you can give away that much money for missions, you can baptize that many people in one service, and then we realize instead of being let down for those things, why don't we let it inspire us? So when you walk up in church and you see a couple that's doing really well, and maybe you're not doing so well, why don't you look at that couple and be inspired by what they're doing? When you see someone who is pushing in and pressing in, like Pastor JJ talked about last week in the presence of God, and sometimes you don't feel God's presence, allow that to inspire you to push in more to God's presence. I wrote it this way, allow comparison to inspire you rather than discourage you. So remember, don't hate, appreciate. And on the subject of appreciating, appreciate what you have. Which leads me to the title of my next point. It's time to stop comparing what you don't have to what others do have. And it's time to start comparing anything you do have to what others don't have. Simply put, count your blessings. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. I like that it says whatever. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, 
think about such things. This Bible verse is saying, whatever, as small as it may seem, whatever it is, think about those things. This reminds me of the story of when we um, lost our son. I know many of you guys have heard this story, but we've learned so much from it that we share it so often for that reason. I remember being in the hospital room um, holding on to my, to my son and he passed away, passed away seven hours later for those of you who are, are, are new to Journey Church. We had our third son, we lost him um, seven hours after having him. And I remember being in that hospital room crying and upset at God, if I'm honest, because I'm like, God, why would you give me a child and then just take him away seven hours later? Like that's heart, that's gut-wrenching. And then I remember looking to the right and seeing my brother-in-law and my sister there and see the thing you don't know about them is that they've never had a biological child. And I remember looking at them and thinking, wow, they would give anything to be where I'm at right now. Even if that meant that they had a child for only seven hours, they would give anything to be in that position. And sometimes that's what we have to do. When we compare ourselves to others, we need to realize, man, we do have it pretty good. And it's not that we think that we're better. It's just that we recognize that we are blessed, right? That God has blessed us. And the Bible verse says, whatever or anything worthy of praise. So sometimes it might not be extraordinary, but we should still praise God for that. Recently, I went to the doctor and they found that I had, or they felt that I had like a lump in my uterus. And I remember being a little worried about that. And I called my friend Karina, um, cause she had gone through something similar. And I'm like, can you be praying for this? Because now they're having to do extra tests. So they did the extra test. Long story short, she texts me after the test and she's like, how did it go? I'm like, actually it came out normal. And she said these words, and I'm like, God, this, I'm going to have to use this in my sermon. And I've used this ever since. She said these words, normal is amazing. And that hit me because sometimes we only want to praise God for the extraordinary things in our lives. But sometimes, y'all, normal is amazing, right? Like, maybe your spouse doesn't have the job that you want them to, right? Maybe they don't have like this massive, you know, expensive career that they're getting all this money. Maybe they have a normal job, but they're happy with that job. Guess what? Normal is amazing. There's people who wish they even had a spouse and you're in that position. You need to praise God for that. Maybe your kid is not on the dean's list, honor roll, prodigy, whatever. Maybe they just get normal grades. That's okay. If your kid is normal, praise God for that. Normal is amazing. There's people who wish they were in your position and had a kid like you. Or maybe you're not so happy about your job because you don't have a corner office or maybe you don't even have an office y'all we don't even have an office my husband and I what so what you have a job it might be a normal job but guess what normal is amazing because there's other people who wish they were in your position and had a job like you and if you don't know how to be grateful then sometimes that's something that you have to learn Paul says in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, I am not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Sometimes you gotta learn how to be grateful, right? Don't be like those women who wear yoga pants but never go to the yoga studio, okay? Like, we all do it, yes, raising your hand, yes. 
okay? Like, don't just put on gratitude, practice gratitude, okay? Every day you wake up in the morning, God, I thank you. My husband actually did this yesterday. He turned 36. He wrote down 36 things that he's grateful for. I thank you for my spouse. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my job. So I wrote it this way. You want more joy? Learn to count your blessings. Learn to count your blessings. And just like you got to learn how to be grateful for the things that are around you, don't just be grateful for that, but be grateful for the things that God has done within you, which leads me to my next point. It's time to stop comparing yourself to others, and it's time to start comparing yourself to yourself. Simply put, compare yourself to yourself. Galatians 6, 4 says, you should each judge your own conduct, your own conduct. If it is good, then you can... Be proud of what you yourself have done without comparing it with what someone else has done. Y'all, I have an anger problem, okay? And I'm just being honest. And I'm Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. Have you ever seen that TikTok? <laughs> I feel like a Puerto Rican. Now I cannot say that word like any other Rican. I have to say it like that. Anyways, so I'm Puerto Rican. That just means I'm loud, okay? And I yell, okay? I yell at my kids. But listen, I'm not that extreme. I don't throw the slipper, the chancleta, whatever. I don't do that, okay? But I do yell at my kids, sorry. I'm just being honest. And it's so bad that I tell my kids, like, listen, don't put the windows up in the house because I don't want the neighbors to hear me yelling at you, right? It's bad. And like, so I also pray. I'm like, God, please give my kids amnesia that they forget all the times that I yell at them. They remember that trip that we took, right, to Hawaii. They remember the times we went to Disney, but let them forget all them times I yelled at them. Y'all, I think my prayers worked, okay? Because the other day I'm in the car with my oldest and like, we also pass down things to her kids, okay? Because like, he has a yelling problem now too. It's my fault. I know it, babe, because you're very quiet. I'm the loud one at home. He's loud on stage. I'm loud at home okay so anyway so he told me this he was like mom I just want to tell you that um, I think it's awesome that you've been so much more patient with us like you're not yelling at us as much anymore yeah and I'm like thank you Jesus God you heard my prayer you gave him that amnesia right but the reason why I say that is because that really encouraged me because it's like the Bible verse says you got to compare yourself to what you yourself have done compare yourself to you so be encouraged that you're not the same person that you used to be okay like I see some of y'all come in here and you look down on yourself but guess what God is doing a work in your life you got to believe it and you have to claim it okay yes and you got to be encouraged by that. There's some, some of you maybe who are like, well, you know, wasn't reading the Bible before and now you are. Okay, maybe it's on the toilet in the morning with your Bible app for 10 minutes. But hey, you're reading the Bible. That's okay, right? Maybe before you were only praying over your food, but now you're praying on your way to work or on your way home. Give yourself a pat on the back because you're doing better. It's been a long time since you've looked at pornography, right? Let's be real. It's it's been a year. Give yourself a pat on the back. Compare yourself to yourself and be encouraged that God is doing a work in your life. I wrote it this way. The only person you should try to be better than is who you were yesterday. Yeah. And you might not be where you want to be, but you're not where you used to be. And you got to fight the thoughts. The enemy will tell you this church thing isn't working. This relationship with God is not working, and it is. And you got to believe it. And you got to keep going, and you got to run your race, which leads me to the title of my last point. It's time to stop comparing your race to someone else's race, and it's time to start comparing your race to your finish line. 
And I want to read to you Hebrews 12, 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. I think the heart of the reason why we compare is because we can get confused about what our race really is and what winning our race looks like. We compare our race to someone else's race and we get distracted by it. And so I want to show you an illustration of what it looks like when we compare our race to someone else's race and when we get distracted like all of you guys are doing right now with all these people who are setting up the cross. But for real, how we get distracted by what other people are doing instead of just following the plan and the path that God has for us. And so I'm gonna give you an example. Let's just say I'm you. And by the way, you know the race that God, or in lack of other words, plan maybe that God has for you based on what God blesses you with, right? So let's say God blesses you with a business, right? And so that's why I'm wearing this jacket. My muscles not letting me put this jacket on. I'm gonna be like Rare Ripley one day, watch. Probably not, but it's okay. So this is, your, this is just to exemplify your business, right? So God has blessed you with your business and you can handle it, right? It's easy, I can walk. Or I'm, I'm just, so you know, I'm not gonna run the stage because I'm wearing heels and this is a short stage, right? So let's just pretend like I'm running my race. So I'm running my race. And then next thing you know, God blesses you with a spouse, right? You see how big this ring is? I'm trying to give a hint to my husband. <laughs> I need to upgrade because, you know, he did that bait and switch thing and so he couldn't afford a big old ring. <laughs> I'm just joking, but I'm serious, but I'm just joking. So, he blessed you, right, with this marriage and he says, now steward your business and your marriage. And you, you got this, right, because it's not that heavy, you got this and then you got this baby, which I don't know what, like I told him to get a baby, it's like preemie, pobrecita, but... <laughs> So anyway, so you got it. My kids came out really small too. They used to have to wear preemie clothes. We're tiny people. So he blessed you with a baby. It's the last service. This is what happens. He blessed you with a baby and then he blesses you with ministry, right? And you're leading your small group and see, I could do this. I can run my race. If I wanted to run, I could. No problem, right? It's not a problem. But then what ends up happening is then we get distracted on social media, right? We see that our friend Sarah... Not only does she have a business, but it's a million dollar business. And so just so you know, I'm not knocking anybody who has a million dollar business. I know we have some people here who do. And if you do, I just want to let you know that you could see us after service and we will get you connected to our legacy team so you can do some really good work for, you can make Jesus accessible to anyone with your million dollars. So anyways, you have a million dollars. I think I'm going to need help closing this. Yeah, I got it. So now you're trying to run a million dollar business like your friend. And then you see your other friend that just bought a brand new big house, which by the way, I'm like, I don't know how people can buy houses right now because they're so expensive right now, but you did it, right? You managed, you got it. And then you see your other friend that's going on this expensive vacation. So you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this. 
And now you have all of this and you're like, okay, but I need to show everybody how good I'm doing, right? So I got to post it on social media. I got it this time. So this, this is you. But now look, I'm having a hard time, right? I can't even, I can't carry all this stuff, right? Oh man. actually what ends up happening, right? We start neglecting our kids because we're trying to do everything. We're trying to have a million dollar business, go on the vacations, have the big house. Listen, I did this on accident, but I did it on purpose too. Because to be honest, look, I got to put this down. To be honest, that was us, right? Like Pastor JJ and I. You think that you're the only one that struggles with this? No. We struggle with this too. It might look different, but we struggle with it too. What y'all don't know is that this church growing just means more influence. And he gets invited to speak all over the place now. And we're tempted to take those speaking engagements. Why? Because that means more influence. That also means more money, if I'm honest. And there was a decision that we had to make where we realized, listen, do we want more influence with the world and then sacrifice influence with our own kids? because that's not worth it. And we realized that's not the race that God had planned out for us. We could have influence with the world, but then that means we're not having influence with our own kids. And we had to sit down and realize, listen, we could travel, but it's gonna be a certain amount of days a year because God planted us in this church. He gave us this church for us to steward it well, yes. And I know sometimes we get distracted, but we have to remember the plans that God had laid out for us, what he blessed us with, and not pick up like I did all those things along the way that God didn't ask you to do, right? God didn't ask us to travel around the world. He asked us to speak to the people here in Orlando and those of you online. And you know what winning our race looks like? For us, we define winning our race with our kids loving Jesus. If our kids love Jesus, that's us winning our race, right? If I'm honest, yeah. I went to go visit a friend recently and her kid was like, oh my gosh, playing the piano. And it was like the same age as my son. And I'm like, that my son is not gonna be a Mozart, but he's gonna love Jesus. And you know what? I get emotional thinking about it. But last week, we celebrated six years as a church. And just to share a quick story, my husband and I went to a concert last Saturday night, which we never do that, by the way, in the six years that we started this church. But we went to a concert, and then that meant that the kids had to stay at my parents' house, which also meant that they were only going to be able to go to one service the next day. Well, my oldest said, Mom, that's not going to fly. I'm like, why? He goes, because I want to be at all three services. Y'all, I, and I told him, what do you want me to do? I can't go pick you up. And he's like, can you send someone to come pick me up? And thank God there was uh, Eddie, I don't know if she's here. She, she came and picked up our kids. And I'm like, that means you gotta get up at five in the morning, buddy, you gonna do that? He said, yes, cause I wanna be at church all day. Y'all, he was here an hour before us sweeping the floors and Jake kids. And I'm not saying that to big us up, but I'm saying that that's what winning our race looks like. And so I want to go back to that Bible verse. I don't know if it's on the screen. Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, 
let us throw off everything that hinders. And that's what we have to do. We have to throw off all these things that are hindering us and we need to get back to what God told us to do so that we can run our way race and we cannot grow weary or lose heart because this is something that we can manage, right? God created us in a way where we just have two hands. This is all we can manage. We can't be picking up those things that God didn't ask us to do, right? And so what is winning your race maybe looks like? Maybe you have a business, but you're running it with integrity. That's winning your race. Maybe you don't have the biggest house on the block, but you're at all your kids' soccer games. That's winning your race. Maybe you're in school and, and, and journey youth. I know my, my, my husband said this last week. Maybe you're not popular, right? but you're focusing on your studies and you're focusing on being pure. That's what winning your race looks like. Maybe you don't have a mega church, but you're leading a small group and you're pouring into those people and that's winning your race. You gotta define what winning your race looks like. And the only way you can do that is like the Bible verse says, by focusing on Jesus. I wrote it this way. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, then we can't look at what everyone else is doing. If we just keep our eyes on Him, He created us for a purpose. He knows the plan and purposes that He has for us, and we just gotta keep our eyes on Him. And if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with this Jesus that I'm talking about, then I wanna share with you one more comparison. And it's the comparison that Jesus made when He looked at you, and then he looked at dying on the cross and he said, I will make that trade any day. Yes, and it wasn't just a you that went to therapy that's doing okay, that hasn't been yelling at your kids. I'm talking about the you that just walked in here today for the first time. The you that's been yelling at your kids. The you that's broken. The Bible says, yet while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So he died for you just the way that you are. And talk about comparison. His love is incomparable. There's no other love like his. So if you're here today and you wanna make a decision to follow God, to follow Jesus in the path that he has for you. If you wanna fix your eyes on him, I wanna give you that opportunity today. If we can all bow our heads and close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus, for this message, for this word, God. Thank you for showing us that we have to fix our eyes on you. And Lord, I pray for those people who are here today, who've been trying to do life on their own without you, been distracted by what other people are doing and today they want to make a decision to fix their eyes on you or maybe they had their eyes on you before and they took their eyes off of you I pray for those people today if you're here today and you want to make a decision to follow Christ for the first time or the first time in a long time on the count of three I want you to raise your right hand as a sign and a symbol saying Jesus I need you in my life one two, three. Raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. I see your hands. I see your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Church, let's pray with these people. You can put your hand down. Let's pray with these people loud and proud and let them know that they're not alone. Say, dear Jesus, today I recognize I've been doing my life without you, 
I've been fixing my eyes on everything else but you. And today, I make a decision to follow you with my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.